News Radio 1000, FM 97.7. Stay connected, stay informed. Good afternoon, it's 12.02. I'm Taylor Van Sice. Now our top stories from our 24-7 News Center. Portions of a Seattle neighborhood and their streets closed during the pandemic will remain closed under a program to create permanent healthy streets. Northwest News Radio's Corwin Hake explains. Seattle was among the first cities in the nation to launch COVID-related lockdowns early in 2020 and also quick to recognize the ramifications. Kids were sent home from schools, parks and playgrounds were closed. To encourage more outdoor activity close to home, the Seattle Transportation Department barred all but local traffic from parts of 21 streets in a dozen city neighborhoods. Neighbors found pandemic or no pandemic, this was nice. With the road being closed, it gives a lot more people the opportunity to come to a nice place that's safe. The voices are from an SDOT-produced video as the agency begins deciding how many street segments can permanently become healthy streets. An early choice is already up and running in Greenwood on Northwest 73rd. Others are coming to Beacon Hill and Ballard. It's great to just see more kids out, people on bikes, less cars. Estot says it will rely on community use trends and public feedback to choose more permanent healthy streets. Corwin Hake, Northwest News Radio. The president of Finland is in town, having addressed the Washington state legislature about his country's efforts to join NATO. Details from Northwest News Radio's Jeff Potala. Sauli Ninista's visit is part of a five-day tour of the United States, also visiting California, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. The idea is to drum up support for Finland joining the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, the defense pact known as NATO. Nanista says Russian President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine has backfired. He sought to re-establish spheres of influence. And by so doing, he wanted to limit also our right to choose our own alliances. Finland and Sweden have traditionally been neutral when it comes to global affairs, but both have applied to join NATO. Jeff Pogel and Northwest News Radio. Northwest News Time, 1204. Traffic every 10 minutes on the fours from the High Performance Homes Traffic Center. Here's Kimmy. Well, good afternoon. If you're headed towards Seattle, westbound 520 approaching Montlake, we had a stalled vehicle in the right lane. It may have cleared. I'm not finding it on the cameras, but either way, it is still a little heavy right around there. Kirkland's heavy on northbound 405, just north of 85th towards Totem Lake now. And we may have a slow-moving operation or vehicle adding to that slowdown that's shifting north, so I'll keep an eye on that. We do have some slowing in Bothell along State Route 522 eastbound approaching Woodenville Drive. Westbound 512 near Steel Street, I see an instant on the right shoulder that drivers are slowing past towards uh, I-5. And our travel time between Tacoma and Olympia is just 30 minutes in either direction. Renton to Sumner on the Valley Freeway takes just 19 minutes. No delays there. Your next Northwest traffic at 1214. And the forecast sponsored by Northwest Crawl Space Services. Here's Como 4 meteorologist Kristen Clark. Showers, but also sunshine. And despite that, we do have temperatures holding in the 40s. Very hard to break that 50 degree mark. So slightly cooler than normal conditions will continue over the next few days, as well as showers that can be expected almost on the daily. And any showers that occur during the cold overnights can mix them with a bit of wet snow. And wet pavement could be a bit icy each and every morning here the next few days. We will be tracking more of a widespread rain potentially for the lowlands, gusty winds, and a round of mountain snow later on this week, Thursday into Friday. And the Comfort Weather Center, meteorologist Kristen Clark. Sunshine out there for now, but yeah, some clouds are starting to build slowly but surely. Right now in Seattle, it's 49 degrees at 12.05.
A man was rushed to the hospital after being shot multiple times in Seattle's Belltown neighborhood. It happened today around 4.20 in the morning near 3rd and Bell. The man died. Now police are calling this a homicide investigation, and they have not released at this point any suspect information. A Sunday morning gunfight in Shoreline ended with a King County Sheriff's deputy and a suspect wounded. The deputy was investigating a suspicious vehicle near 145th Street and 15th Avenue when the shooting started. Taylor Hotning lives and works nearby and says she heard a series of pops through an open window at home. I heard one and I kind of just tried to like mark it up as like, oh, maybe it's like a backfire from a car or a firework. And then like I heard like seven shots after that. She described law enforcement arriving quickly and trying to communicate with their subject. Like you need to surrender. We're coming looking with canines right now. King County Executive Dow Constantine in a tweet Sunday writes he's thinking of the deputy, colleagues and family and is hoping for a speedy recovery. Coma 4's Jackie Kent reports both the deputy and suspect are expected to survive. One person is in critical condition after a major crash this morning in Federal Way. It happened south of 272nd Street along I-5 South. We will do a thorough investigation um, into this collision. State Trooper Rick Johnson says the crash involved two cars and a semi. The person in critical condition was driving one of those cars. The wreck happened around 525 this morning and tied up traffic for most of the morning commute. A Kirkland woman speaking out for the first time since she was raped in her own home. This happened last October. The victim, Jennifer, sharing this terrifying moment with us in fear that 19-year-old Mohamed Cisse could soon be getting electronic home monitoring while he awaits trial. Prosecutors identified the men as 23-year-old Bobakar Torre, who is charged with rape in the first degree and robbery in the first degree, and Cisse, who is charged with several counts of robbery in the first degree. It was terrifying. Um, and I was fearful of my life, but I was also feel fearful for my family because um, there were six people home in the household at that time. Jennifer says she is speaking out because she believes the two men are a danger to the community. Both suspects do not have any prior felony convictions right now. Cissé is currently behind bars. She says, again, she is fearful that he soon could be getting out as he awaits his trial on electronic home monitoring. No word yet on when that court date could be, but her lawyers believe it could be coming soon. Coma 4's Hannah Knowles. There is a battle brewing over the city of Seattle's plans to remove some trees downtown. Much loved trees that we've been getting calls about today, even. Como Ford's Lee Stoll explains. This is right at the entrance to Pike Place Market, a spot many people know, especially in the spring as those trees start to bloom. There are yellow signs posted on all of those trees saying that they could be cut down as early as this week. Opponents say these trees have been a staple of the market entrance for at least 40 years, but the city does plan to remove them as part of that massive, multi-year, $756 million waterfront project that's underway. That includes work along the Pike Pine Corridor for bike and streetscape improvements. That phase of the project has been in the works for a while. It's slated to be finished in 2025. The city does plan to replace the trees with hybrid elms, but the group saved the market entrance. They say the trees could bloom for another 50 years, and so they should stay in place. The city opened a 14-day public comment period. That also is posted on those yellow signs, but it does say that ends this week. In fact, it ends tomorrow. Coma 4's Lee Stoll. 
The body of a fan favorite of the UW Husky football team in the 1990s was found along the Solduck River in the Olympic Peninsula Sunday. Joe Jarzinka was found by Clallam County Sheriff's deputies responding to a report of a man found dead on a riverbank outside of Forks. Well, his family said that he had gone to Forks to go fishing and brought with him a single-person pontoon boat, which was found stuck in a log jam about a mile from where he was found. Jarzinka walked on to the UW football team in 1995 out of Gig Harbor High School and ended up as an All-Pac-10 player after his junior season in 1998. It's 12:10. Time for an update on sports from the Beacon Plumbing Sports Desk and Eric Heights. The Seattle Kraken collected a fourth straight win, beating the Colorado Avalanche 3-2 in overtime last night in Denver. Yanni Gord netted the game-winning goal less than two minutes into overtime. Jaden Schwartz says they stuck with the game plan despite trailing the defending champions 1-0 and 2-1. Really important, and there's times you're going to be down. You know, sometimes you might be playing, you know, playing them, but you're still down, and you just got to stay positive, uh, just believe in, believe in ourselves, believe in our system, and um, that's what we did today. I thought we didn't, uh, we didn't hesitate. We didn't really, you know, sit back. We just uh, kept going. After a 4-0 road trip, they return to CP Arena tomorrow to face the Ducks. Charlize Leisure Walker scored 23 points to lead Washington State to a trip to the NCAA tournament by beating number 19 UCLA 65-61 in the Pac-12 Women's Championship. Men's College Basketball Conference tournaments are underway as well. Gonzaga is the number two seed in the WCC tournament and will face San Francisco tonight in Las Vegas. The Washington Huskies square off with Colorado in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament on Wednesday at noon, followed by the Washington State Cougars playing the Golden Bears, also in Vegas. Sports at 10 and 40 past the hour, Eric Heinz, Northwest News Radio. A Southwest Airlines flight had to make an emergency landing in Cuba on Sunday. A terrifying mid-air scare. Passengers screaming as smoke fills the cabin inside a Southwest Airlines plane. People on board using overhead oxygen masks that drop down. The flight was headed to Fort Lauderdale from Havana on Sunday. Southwest saying there was a reported bird strike to an engine and the aircraft's nose shortly after takeoff. We have bird strikes happen every day in commercial aviation, but very seldom does it require an emergency return. However, we always err on the side of caution, and that's what this crew did. The plane turning around and making an emergency landing. Passengers covering their faces as they evacuated through the emergency exits. Some seen standing on the wing of the plane. Others rushing back inside, making their way through the smoke down to the tarmac using the inflatable slides. Crews there waiting to transport them back to the terminal as firefighters hose down the plane. What we had was a precautionary emergency landing. And that doesn't mean it's a full-blown, almost on the edge of disaster emergency, but it does mean that we're not going to take any chances if something needs to be put on the ground. Southwest calling the situation unusual and unsettling. They're rebooking passengers onto other flights. It doesn't appear that anyone was injured here. ABC's Victor Okendo. Norfolk Southern, the company responsible for the East Palestine, Ohio train derailment, released a six-point plan aimed at enhancing their own safety operations. ABC's Ikejachi is in Washington, D.C. with an in-depth look at this plan. The company says it will immediately begin following its newly proposed initiatives. It plans to add about 200 new and enhanced hot bearing detectors to its network, sensors that can detect rapidly rising temperatures of wheel bearings. The plan also calls for acoustic bearing detectors. 
which analyze vibrations inside the axle, potentially identifying problems that a visual inspection could miss. The company hopes the added sensors, along with new standards and training, will help address the recent string of train derailments. Ike Ajachi, ABC News, Washington. President Joe Biden is vowing to always support the nation's firefighters. This comes as he was speaking at the International Association of Firefighters Legislative Conference. The president told the group that he'll always have their back. The major labor organization was the first to endorse Biden's presidential campaign in 2020. The president told the crowd that he'll continue to push to protect the right to collective bargaining. He also called for safer alternatives to protective gear, which contain toxic so-called forever chemicals. Northwest News Time, 1214. It's time for an update on traffic from the High Performance Homes Traffic Center. Here's Kimmy Klein. The freeways are not too bad right now. We cleared that earlier stalled vehicle from westbound 520 approaching Montlake, and things are moving just fine now across both of our floating bridges between Bellevue and Seattle. But we still have a, a slight slowdown in Kirkland on northbound 405, just north of 85th. I am hearing of some uh, slow-moving maintenance operations happening along 405 around there this afternoon, but again, that could be intermittent, so just keep an eye on that. Southbound I-5 is slow in spots around Lake City Way towards downtown Seattle. Otherwise, we are good to go all the way through Tacoma into and through Olympia. If you are headed through those Mountain passes, traction tires are advised over White and Blewett, but no restrictions over Snoqualmie or Stevens Pass right now. And ferry riders, both Fontenoy Vash on Southworth boats are running 15 to 20 minutes behind. And the Anacortes San Juan Inner Island Tilikum vessel is out of service till about 5.35 tonight due to lack of crew. This support sponsored by Beacon Plumbing. Call Beacon today and save $50 on all drain cleaning and sewer repair. Just call 1-800-FREAKIN. Call Beacon Plumbing. Your next Northwest traffic at 1224. Our forecast sponsored by Northwest Crawl Space Services, and we're expecting the sunshine that we're seeing today to peter out pretty quickly. We're going to see rain in a couple of areas tonight, not widespread, not heavy, but it's possible that we'll see some scattered showers. And then another round of showers possible Wednesday and Thursday that could also be mixed with just a couple snowflakes those nights, Wednesday and Thursday night. So nothing that's probably going to cancel school in most areas. I know I have to put a lot of qualifiers in there, but it's pretty standard for this kind of last game gasp of winter. Right now, 48 in Seattle. News Radio 1000 FM 97.7, your information station. Sponsored by Muckleshoot Casino. Good afternoon, it's 12.15. I'm Taylor Van Sice with Bill O'Neill at the editor's desk. Among our headlines that we're following today, a former Treasury Secretary is warning of more painful economic times ahead. Speaking to CNN, Larry Summers predicted a recession would come at some stage as the Federal Reserve works to bring down inflation. He adds the central bank will likely have to keep raising interest rates by more than expected to accomplish that goal. President Biden has concerns over controversial changes to the Washington, D.C. criminal code. The White House saying that's why the president plans to sign a bill moving through Congress that would overturn the changes. The revisions put forward by the D.C. Council over the mayor's objections reduced the maximum penalties for crimes like carjackings and robberies at a time when critics say crime is already too high. Every year, hundreds of millions of items are sold claiming to be healthy. As Laura Riley reports in the Washington Post, the Healthy Choice brand itself sells 200 million meals per year. But what does healthy even mean? The FDA wants to update the definition, and Laura joins us on Northwest News Radio. Laura, as it stands today, what does it mean if my food claims to be healthy, and are there in fact rules that keep, say, Pop-Tarts from using that buzzword on their box? There are indeed. So foods have to have a certain amount of the good stuff and a certain lack of the bad stuff. So it has to have, you know, nutrients of desire, you know, the the 
fruits and veg and dairy products that we are supposed to be eating, a meaningful amount of those. And then their new proposed limit is on saturated fat, sodium, and added sugars. So that added sugars piece is the first time the FDA has kind of weighed in on on limiting that. And so if we use that example of healthy choice, for example, you know, they've got so much money invested in that brand, what would they have to do to make their chicken parm or or whatever uh, able to still hold that healthy choice label? Well, ConAgra, the parent company, basically said, we can't do it. You know, we we can't make food that people want to buy and eat uh, and adhere to these rules. So we may just pivot and get rid of this this healthy choice uh, brand and do something else entirely. And a lot of the food industry kind of came back to the FDA uh, in the form of comments and letters saying, yeah, we can't we can't make the food that people find craveable and adhere to these, especially those added sugar limits. Um, so at this point, you know, there's sugar in everything. It's not just in the, the drinks, the sodas, and the, the juices. I mean, in pasta sauces and, you know, salad dressings and bagels and, you know, kind of name anything, they have added sugars. So this is probably going to drive a lot of food companies to reformulate and possibly to reformulate with uh, high-intensity sweeteners, you know, non-nutritive sweeteners, in to sub out some of those added sugars. I'm wondering how hard you had to dig to find a food producer that was happy about the proposed changes. I didn't find any, actually. So even even organizations that you think like why 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 do this you know why do they care? You know, American Cheese Society basically pushed back and said, you know, the word healthy shouldn't be uh, applied to a single food. You know, it's more of a lifestyle. It's how you're eating. It's with whom you're eating. It's the, the portion size. It's all these other things kind of fit together to make a healthy lifestyle. And that it's a little specious to uh, point to this food right here and say this is a healthy food, especially if those foods are the way they get over that line is by being fortified or highly processed and supplemented with vitamins and those kinds of things. You know, is that really healthy? The jury's out. And for that matter, does anybody really notice the word healthy on their foods? What would it do to your own shopping habits? You can read much more online at WashingtonPost.com from food business reporter Laura Riley. Northwest News Time, 1220. Time for our StockCharts.com money update. The markets today, they're mixed, with the NASDAQ down, but only by four points. And the S&P 500 up, but only by two points. A very slim gain for the Dow right now as well, up by just 10 points. With more money news, here's Jim Chesko. Spring is typically a busy season for the housing market with some 40% of existing home sales generally occurring before or between rather March and June. This year may be a real challenge, however. Home prices remain high and borrowing costs are squeezing affordability. Mortgage rates have been higher for four straight weeks with the 30-year fixed rate mortgage averaging 6.65% as of last Thursday. The CEO of brokerage Redfin says he's never seen home buyers more rate sensitive in his 17 years running the company that's your money now when there's news we're on it the information you need from the people you trust ryan harris carlene johnson john libertini corwin hay i'm jeff podula news radio 1000 fm 97.7 your information station take